0: I'm Jamie Lewis, and this is Consumed, a podcast where eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers can get real. Thanks for joining me. Consumed is sponsored in part by Slow Life magazine. Over the past several years, I've written the food column for Slow Life, and I've covered many, many different restaurants and dishes here in Slow County. Some of my favorite subjects have been fried chicken, educational dining, and I even recently wrote about the free bread at three different local eateries. Slow Life is much more though, so get your hands on a copy every other month. To find out how, visit slowlifemagazine.com. My guest for this episode is Sandy Sigurdson. You may know Sandy from her work as the Executive Director of Leadership San Luis Obispo, an organization that seeks to build into the local community through deepened relationships and personal growth. Prior to that, she served as Executive Director of the San Luis Obispo Symphony, a position she held for 16 years. I met Sandy when she hired me there nearly 20 years ago, and I've long admired her poise, humor, generosity, and keen leadership skills. So what does this have to do with food and drink? Sandy is a recovering alcoholic, and she credits much of her success to the tenets of the 12-step program she has practiced for the past two decades. We talked about her recent recognition as a Congressional Woman of the Year from Congressman Salud Carbajal, what it's like to live sober in wine country, and why she's really good at casseroles. And heads up, stay for the end of the episode when I read a little after-the-fact note from Sandy to clarify something she says during our interview. Here's Sandy Sigurdson. When we were working together at the Slow Symphony, you, uh, I had an interview on the radio with someone and you coached me on how to speak <laughs> on the radio. And you said, here's a couple things, because I think I was like 25, 26. Mm-hmm, maybe and you said first things first you don't cock your head you mm. look straight at somebody because by cocking your head it's kind of like giving away some of your you aren't owning your position maybe mm. as yeah. as a a person of authority on this subject yeah
1: you don't look as strong this is a direct quote from Dave Garth yeah
0: was it so it wasn't something that you just learned on your own and shared with me.
1: No, Jamie, what I learned on my own is don't slam down a diet Coke just before you go on the air. That was, that's maybe I, maybe I suggested that too.
0: <laughs> and what happened when you had the diet Coke? Oh, well, you were telling me not to do this. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: you know, bubbles and yeah, speaking stuff right. like
0: that. Right. Something else you said was, uh, if he asks you a question, that's hard to answer. A great thing to say is that's a really good question so-and-so, and it gives you time to think about what you're going to say. So if you say, that's a really good question, Jamie, I'll know. I'll see right through you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I went to your retirement party mm. uh, two weeks ago, mm. and Salud Carbajal was there, and he um, read from like an edict, basically, about <laughs> um, he had, he, you are one of his 2019 congressional women of the year, which is incredible. And, uh, how does somebody, I mean, how did you take that when you found out that you were receiving that award? Not an award, but like a, what do you even call that? It's an award. a a
1: A recognition. Yeah. Uh, I, it was stunning. It was, it was stunning. It's, uh, I'm glad to have, to be at an age right now where I don't find it utterly impossible but i still take it with holy smokes me Mm -hmm. um yeah it was and the fact that he would you know that our congressman would take time out of his sunday and come up who and he lives in santa barbara i think yeah and come up to santa margarita ranch to say go san yeah uh was just lovely but i will say that the square dancing that followed for him
0: I know made it all worthwhile. Did he square dance? Oh, yeah. There's video. Oh,
1: yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Good guy. Yeah. Good he is man. a good guy.
0: When you were giving your very brief acceptance speech, the thing that moved me the most is when you said, um, and to all my anonymous people in the room, how you've like lifted me up and- um, how we've gone through this together. Mm-hmm. So when you say those anonymous people, who are mm-hmm. you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about the people that
1: are in, that have supported me through my 12 step journey mm-hmm. for over 20 years. Right. Yeah. amazing years. 21 years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's over 20.
0: Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh,
1: my uh, drug of choice was alcohol. Mm-hmm. A lot of marijuana when, you know, there, there came a point where, um, I, I actually did call myself an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, i wasn't in recovery i called myself an alcoholic uh but i would step out of whatever party i was in because you know marijuana was illegal and then you know smoke a joint Mm -hmm. because that was okay um but and then there came a time when i didn't feel i was being a responsible parent because i had little kids and um so i quit smoking pot and went right back to alcohol Mm. my absolute drug of choice so Mm, shifty 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 cutting baffling and powerful that's right it was just waiting waiting Mm. for me what was
0: your first meeting like
1: oh my gosh um It was uh, terrifying and horrifying. I mean, I had tried so many other things to not be an alcoholic. I had tried, um, my dad was an organizational behaviorist. And so we had done a force field analysis (laughs) on why my life was complete poop. You and your dad did that. Me and my dad, we sat down and, you know, I didn't want to talk about alcohol. So I'd talk about, well, this is happening and this is happening. So we did force field analysis on (laughs) what I could do. Um, I was going to church a lot. Mm. Um, I went to a therapist. Um, I tried to get a handle on my eating, my exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, And just wherever I went, there I still was. Yeah. (laughs) Me and my alcoholism, you know, so uh, it. it, sometimes we say in um, 12 step, uh, it, we finally went into the last house on the block Mm -hmm. asking for help. And so, you know, it it was not comfortable at all. And I think it was like my second or third meeting. Uh, at the time, I was running the San Luis Obispo Symphony. And, uh huh, really yeah. Say. And at the time, and I think a second or third meeting, I walked in and I saw like this major donor. <laughs> Holy smoke, right? Your heart just stopped. I could see it. And that's what happened to me. Oh my gosh. Oh, now they're um,
2: going to know. Now
1: they'll know. They'll all know and judge me. What mm. turns out that, um, At least in the meetings that I went to, people just wanted the best for me, and Mm -hmm. um, I think this is—I think maybe that's what I said um, at uh, the retirement party: "Was you loved me until I could love myself?" That's what you said. It took a long time, but uh, Mm -hmm. and and I will also say that um, it took me three times of getting a a year clean and sober Mm -hmm. before it stuck yeah three times of um you know well mostly wanting to do it my way but mm. uh, which means things like let me explain to you why i need to drink <laughs> right. or um well i know that those 12 steps are real necessary for other people but like i'm a really good person and i've already worked like seven of them so can we just <laughs> skip to you know the <laughs> ones that are like harder can we skip to nirvana <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah it's a real process getting comfortable with yourself Mm -hmm. you know yeah
0: when you talk about um slippery slopes i mean what did that look like for you it sounds like you're kind of describing that
1: well you know i feel very fortunate i have friends in in the program who they only hang out with other alcoholics in recovery um and God bless them for doing it because I'll tell you when you're new in recovery and you have no place else to go on, you can't imagine getting through Thanksgiving with the family yeah. or new year's Eve or your birthday, mm-hmm. um, or <laughs> hard stuff, good stuff, all of the <laughs> all stuff. of the stuff. Right. Or I can't get through Wednesday. Yeah. Um, thank heavens for, uh, lots and lots of friends of mine who, uh, they hang out with people in recovery. Yeah. I happen to have a pretty healthy group of friends and a healthy family. And um, so I did not spend uh, tons and tons of of social time with other alcoholics. Most mm-hmm. of my social time was spent with uh, folks. Out in the world, yeah, uh, and not to say that my uh, other alcoholic friends don't spend time in the but world. Yeah, they surely a big life Big job. It's a big life, yeah. and, and I and I've been and so fortunate and grateful to have a big job, yeah, uh, year after year.
0: Yeah. What does I always like when people in recovery of any kind talk about what the substance or the addiction gave to them? Mm, that's
1: that's a good one. I do want to go back to slippery slopes Please. for just a second because yeah. they're without a doubt. People come in, uh, newcomers come in, and they truly they cannot go to that barbecue with their friends yeah. who don't really think they have a problem to begin with. Yeah, you know, or they cannot yeah. go to Arizona for Thanksgiving uh, to be with the family mm-hmm. because really the triggers, the the pain, the whatever it is in life is going to bite them. They're not mm-hmm. equipped yet to. Get through it. And so don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't go to Thanksgiving. Don't go. Yeah. Yeah, Don't go. Um, You know, take good care of yourself. Mm -hmm. There are people that want to spend time with you and Mm -hmm. uh, support your recovery. So, um, yeah, I did not need to do any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And down the line, we'll talk a little bit about some of those situations, which were just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway. So,
1: what did the addiction give you? Well, for one thing, it gave me more courage, um, you know, so I could be at a a party and um, be prettier Mm -hmm. and be more interesting to talk to. Um, I've been always been, I've been overweight my whole life. And so I I don't know if I was thinner, but prettier and more confident. Mm -hmm. I know that that's true. But to be honest, I don't want to, that even that kind of romanticizes it. Because bottom line, I was the kind of uh, drunk that um, all I, all I really wanted to do was not be here and now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I could, uh, ball up my hands and grit my teeth and get through the day and like pretend to be a normal human. Uh, because I knew what normal humans, what normal good wives, normal good moms, I knew the kind of stuff they did. Um, and so I did all that. Um, but then there was just like this ferocious me time that would come on at about 8.30 at night. That was Me like, time, not good me time. Oh, not good me time. Oh, no. <laughs> that was just, uh, okay, people, have I checked off all your boxes? Did I do everything right? Am I good enough yet? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, slam whatever, usually cheap wine that mm-hmm. was around. Um,
0: Where does that come from? Where I, is, I mean, is it? you may not be able to say, but I'm thinking like, is it a genetic thing or is it, did you, when you were born, did you come out wanting, like wanting to check out? Do you remember as a kid feeling like that? Well, I started drinking and this is a very common
1: time and age. I started drinking at age 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and started by, and my folks were big drinkers. That was a, you know, madman's cultural thing. Oh, yeah. crikey. Yeah. Crikey. Uh, so they bought a, uh, you know, bourbon by the gallon. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I don't think they had wine in a box at that time. Wine wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Maybe port Cocktails. or- Cocktails. Or- Sherry. What, what sh- <laughs> sh- sherry, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they wouldn't, uh, and they drank enough between the two of them that, that they didn't notice. And mm. listen, don't get me wrong, I had a great upbringing. Uh, great, we traveled, we, there were, I was the oldest of five, I had a stay home mom,
0: A lot of love, I know.
1: Lots and lots of love. Lots and lots of love. And alcohol was just a big part of the culture because alcohol is a big part of the culture. That part hasn't
0: changed much at all. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you've seen it um, maybe take different shapes.
1: Well, there's a level of sophistication and acceptance that's there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And perhaps it was there before. I can kind of picture some woman with a bob and a shirtwaist dressed holding a cigarette in one hand and a martini Mm. glass in the other uh but you know yeah you know we live in wine country and and that's a uh alcoholism among women over the age of 40 Mm. a dissatisfaction with life Mm. uh is is pretty strong i wish i could remember you know the uh, women's legacy fund a few years ago did a study that um I remember Marty Claus was part of it, and mm-hmm. I wish I could remember the other. Uh, Robin Letters, Marty Claus and Robin Letters, they were very involved. And they just, the revelation of um, mm. women who consider themselves to have a drinking problem, self-identified.
0: Is it's, it low or is oh, it high? Oh, it was super
1: high. It was oh. way out of, much higher than
0: any uh, of the other counties in the state. Okay, so that's interesting because um, I remember when I was pregnant the first time, We did a birthing class and the teacher in that class was very, she was, I wouldn't say fixated, but she was just really passionate about, um, fetal alcohol syndrome in slow County because at the time, and I don't know that this is still true, so don't quote me on it, but they were saying, she was saying that the numbers for fetal alcohol syndrome are highest in this County in all of California. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is I mean and that's because people drink when they're pregnant. And it just felt like wait, San Luis Obispo? I know. I mean you and I have talked many times about how our county does stare at its belly button quite a lot. Um <laughs> fight
1: smug, fight smug. Fight
0: smug, yeah. A little bit smug. But I I think the fact that we were all so shocked about that says something. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's real. It well, it is a real thing.
1: Yeah, you know, and the I guess the whole point of that isn't to say anybody drinks too much heck you know raising kids is hard staying married is hard working and raising kids and staying married is hard having a life out in the community and raising kids and you know, it's all hard and losing parents and, lose, and, and then and then all the things that happen to us in life if you if alcohol is your pal during those times and it works for you Great. Yeah. I have nothing to say about it. We're, I'm talking about the people who go, like I did for several years, waking up daily and saying, I'm not going to drink like I did. Never again. Not, not, uh, not, not tonight. Just not today. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to drink like that. And having zero tools mm-hmm. uh, to not do it. You know, that would last till about. Well, yeah. Frankly, in the end, it got to where I was drinking at work. and Yeah. It was bad.
0: Yeah. It was bad. And I mean, I've heard lots of stories about, well, at least I'm not drinking at work. Once I start drinking at work, then I'll know. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, when I'm drinking at my desk or whatever those different, (laughs) different lines are. Yeah. 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 You, uh, worked in hospitality, uh, for quite a while. Yeah. Do you think that, I mean, what did you see there? Were there people there who were abusing anything? (laughs) I was the...
1: (laughs) Leading question. I was golden, as so many alcoholics are. We oh. get to be golden because, you know, all the other restaurant managers were snorting Coke. Right. So So I just looked like this, you know, model citizen yeah. um, going out to, quote, do inventory in the walk-in <laughs> on, the, on the champagne splits at 1030 at night and, you know, slamming back one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're reminding me of a men's <laughs> And having to, you know, face up to those and going back. But, um, yeah, so, yes, indeed, the restaurant industry has got uh, a lot of folks. But, jeez, the world does. I mean, making yourself being comfortable in the world um, and being comfortable with alcohol and figuring out, you know, I I don't know how people feel about managing alcohol. That sounds like a hard job. Mm -hmm. I mean, Here's the, th- here's the thing. I have this idea that folks that don't have a problem with alcohol don't sit around thinking about how they're going to manage it. <laughs> they, don't, there is they, don't, no thinking. they don't make themselves promises that they're only going to drink on the weekends from now on yeah. or uh, only with other people or blah, blah, blah. I, people that don't have a problem that just go, uh, gosh, I feel, I feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's when you your life... My life was pretty well i mean here's the truth uh in my program, we talk about coming to the jumping off point when you can't imagine your life uh with or without mm-hmm. alcohol and um for me uh not to i don't want to be overly dramatic, but truly i mean it's pretty dramatic when you decide you're going to seek help in a in a program mm-hmm. um I would look at my small children and I would say, oh, those poor things. Growing up without a mom, that will be so hard. Mm -hmm. But I just couldn't imagine how I was going to go on living. I mean, it was, talk about managing the alcohol. Mm. Hey, but you know what? So there's all, there is that. And so, you know, and did I get motivated? Yeah, I got motivated. Three times I got motivated. Three times I went for a year. The third time I decided to listen. And to take suggestions.
0: Oh, because you weren't doing that. Because
1: I wasn't doing that before. Before I really wanted to do it my way. Because, well, I don't know if I've told you, but I'm college educated. Yeah. And um, I've got very supportive family around me and good friends. So I probably knew better than you. Mm, on mm -hmm. how to deal with this and finally when I as we say in step one surrendered Mm -hmm. and admitted my life was unmanageable I started getting better Mm. but here's one of the things I wanted to talk about so what about what's it like being an alcoholic in the in this world where uh there's a lot of alcohol that was actually what I was
0: going (laughs) to ask you next because every party especially I'm thinking about specifically when you worked with the symphony Mm -hmm. a lot of people equate Classical music, like the finer things in life. The you know? finer things, it's so true. So there's a lot of wine. And you even spearheaded a wine project that was beneficial to the symphony. There was a, you know, a special blend that was made and...
1: Oh, crikey. You know, that was really Sandy Dunn. It was another good Sandy.
0: Yes. But I... But you were on staff. I did
1: the... That's right. I did the boots on the ground work yeah. to, to coordinate it. You're yeah. absolutely right. We did wine pickup parties, right. right. And wine promotion and all kinds of good stuff like that. So
0: what is that like for, for someone like you?
1: You know, it's, I, th- I think what I would say is it's most, it's fairly objective. Uh, what do I want to do? I want to, I want to honor the donation that was made uh, and so this lovely blend of wine juice. was yeah. was donated. And the, how do I honor it? By maximizing the return on this gift, mm-hmm. which was, I think the goal was, I'm going to say 20 grand. Mm. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and so I, I'm pretty good uh, project manager. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to say, well, we need who, here's the influencers we need to make aware of this project. And here's the folks that we want to bring in and
0: how we talk about
1: it and how we talk about, and that, we talk about and to it whom. And, and yeah exactly and what are the communications coming out of the out of the symphony uh, what should they look like um you know here's the important thing that if someone who's not i hope most of your listeners are not familiar with alcoholism right
0: um but for that one who is yeah
1: well well is just to say if it were a struggle if i had to get up every day and worry about whether i was going to drink or not Um, I probably would just drink because that's gotta be, we, we talk about the easier, softer way and, but the easier, softer way for me now is to, you know, attend meetings regularly, keep maintenance over my, uh, over my alcoholism Mm -hmm. and, and pursue health Yeah, and pursue health. Um, so to be honest, it doesn't plague me, but I'm also, I would say, I'll say vigilant, Mm -hmm. you know, I cannot tell you how many times people with a tray of, uh, alcohol in pretty sparkling glasses came around, mm. uh, and a in a beautiful venue, beautiful yeah. venue with lovely people in sparkling conversation. Yeah. No, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. And having to, you know, and the, if you have a, <laughs> if you have an attentive service crew, you can say that about six times. Yeah. Right. Um, my pal and arts person Frances Robertson mm-hmm. um, went on to work for the Foundation for the Performing Arts Center, and she would always say, um, "We will we will serve quality mm-hmm. wine usually, and we will offer a equal equally attractive non alcoholic beverage." Yes, yeah. I can't tell you, Jamie, how many times I've gone to events where. They didn't have water, um, let alone, you know, some sparkling water yeah. or
0: uh, flavored water or, yeah. That Well, my house is pretty bad about that. Really? Direction. Oh, well, whenever you guys come over, I feel like, shoot, I didn't think about it. Uh-huh. Because, And also, frankly, the way we operate here is we drink a ton of water and that's kind of it. And if it's not that, maybe it's like a beer or yeah. something. We just yeah. don't drink sodas and... We don't do a lot of bubbly things and so I always feel like oh shoot I need I would like to think the way Francis does. equally attractive well yeah,
1: I, I I heaven knows my darling husband Steve McGraw uh has uh I've beat into him mm. <laughs> um when we have guests rattle off more than you want a glass of wine or you want a beer what the
0: hell yeah I'm even stand- if they do drink I'm yeah. standing in here.
1: Yeah. He, of course, it's just, it's this, um, it's this, uh, assumption that of course, if alcohol's here, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, just all you got to do is broaden it to, can I make you a cup of tea? Yeah. Which
0: yeah, God, doesn't such... matter. And you
1: don't, you don't have to be looking at that person as though you're worried about their alcohol <laughs> consumption. Just, you know, it's yeah. four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Or it's, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's just that people have options. Yeah. And I, really truly feel those options have narrowed i went to a mm. i went to a an event i actually i'm not going to name them but i am going to call them mm-hmm. uh, i went to an event about two weeks ago where 200 women uh mostly uh i would say mostly over 50 and i went up to the service area and uh, did it cost anything i don't think it was it was a free event so i can't whine too much but they had you know 10 kinds of beautiful central coast wine yeah give anything non-alcoholic
0: no nothing that's, that's what i that said the hose nothing. is right there
1: and that's what she said mm. was well uh you can have this you know everybody else had a nice wine glass you can have this plastic glass <laughs> oh, well, cut, that says loser <laughs> <laughs> and there's and there's a water fountain across oh, the room i'm so sorry
0: right well it, and it's just uncomfortable you too. know when
1: i really learned i can't uh, it was years ago and this is this was for the symphony and part of Fulfilling what I had learned from Francis, but having a, a sponsor recognition uh, event—you mm-hmm. know, what do we call it? donor reception after a concert one night—and President Baker came in mm-hmm. and he wanted a, some water, and we didn't have any water. It's like, okay, oh. note to self: yeah, <laughs> he won't be the only one that might just want some water, right? right?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I've been in—I've been in scenarios where a lot of women together do you want to I've got some wine I've got beer I've got you know gin and tonics whatever and someone will say that's okay and it was especially when we have all been in childbearing years yeah what are you pregnant first thing oh I just am opting out I'm tired and I want to take care I mean right yeah it's infuriating a lot of the time it's easier just to say sure yeah, and tell them later you're not pregnant. No, no. <laughs> um, a big part of twelve step, a huge part is um, uh, having a higher power, yeah. whatever that might yeah. mean. Yeah. And for you, how has that developed? You said that you went to church. I did.
1: Uh, I did. I would say mostly I've been a uh, at least an agnostic. Hmm. When I was younger, I was a really certified atheist. Really? Yeah. Mm. uh and and i've come to be an agnostic i i have, it was hard uh, let me just say it was hard uh, because a lot of the literature in 12-step programs has to do with um god mm-hmm. and using the word god and people will tell you well you can substitute the group and the power of the group for god uh you can have a, a friend of mine calls moral rock they their oh. higher power. <laughs> and it, it's a lot, but when you're all you're going is just like, tell me how to quit drinking. Okay. I don't need all this other extraneous stuff. Uh, but it turns out that I really, what the biggest thing I needed was to stop treating my brain and my um, experience as the be all end all that could make good decisions. Because as we say, all of my good decisions landed me crying in a meeting, um, and begging somebody to tell me how to quit drinking. So Mm -hmm. if I come to this place where I can ask for help, however, that higher power shows up. And for me, it's shown up. Um, I, it's still real amorphous. Mm -hmm. It has a lot to do with the the atoms that are going between you and me right now and, Mm -hmm. and, and love and, um, just wanting there to be some order in the universe. I want that to be. Lots of people come in different ways. To be honest, there was a time working through my 12-step program where I, uh, oh, maybe I questioned what about this and we had that word, the language is weird mm-hmm. in the book, it's so old fashioned, it's, so it's kind of sexist, and it's this <laughs> and that. It's like, yo, do you want to get sober? Okay, this path, and maybe there's other paths for other people that will work. This is the path that works for me, has worked for me for 21 years. So, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm, if my, somebody in a meeting once said something like, uh, if my brain's been washed, then good. It needed a good thorough washing. Oh, a, out. Little <laughs> <out>. <laughs> a little yeah. scrub out. Yeah. 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 So it's been a, it's been a good path for me. It's led me to a lot of peace. Um, and, you know, progress, not perfection. I was telling you about, um, you know, the weight struggle is still there. I will mm. still turn when in times of stress. Potato chips will be the answer. Mm. Um, mm. And, but also my addictive personality can take mm. over so, so strongly. Um, there was a time when uh, Weight Watchers a few years ago, Weight Watchers put Zero points for all fruits.
0: Now, now <laughs> I can see up to, <laughs>
1: up to this point, up to this point, if you wanted a banana, you had to have half a banana, Yes, and it was right. worth with a fork and a knife, two points, <laughs> right? Yeah. Something like that. So now it's free. Hmm. I ate okay. so many bananas <laughs> that I can remember. I think it was my friend's birthday party, and I said after the it was at a Tascadero, or sorry, in Templeton at Ian, me and and i said to my husband we we have to go to the hospital
0: oh my god i
1: honestly thought i don't know what i thought was happening but i i am in unbearable pain and so i go to we go to the hospital and the technician was kind enough not to laugh in my face as he did some lower body mri to say you are so freaking constipated <laughs> you, are full, you are full of banana you oh. are full of banana okay so yeah that, addictive addictive so then um somebody turned me on to licorice tea. You tried to force that on me. I I bet I did. I love licorice tea. It's so delicious. Uh, And so I ordered, I'm going to say a case of licorice tea from like (laughs) Celestial Seasoning. And I got 12 boxes. And I went through, let's call it four boxes of it. And suddenly I was waking up in the middle of the night with horrible, horrible leg cramps. Mm. God, I was just in agony. And somebody said to me, do you have something that you've added or taken away from your diet. And I said, well, I drink this licorice tea. And we looked it up together and it's like, causes leg cramps, (laughs) (laughs) depletes body of potassium when used in large volumes,
0: which will lead to leg cramps. Good for you for even seeing that that was something different. I have a hard time sometimes seeing that. Oh, you mean these, you know, 15 bananas a day?
1: That? (laughs) Well, the bananas are loaded with potassium, so I had to like then introduce them back in. That's right. Uppers, downers. That kind of stuff. You know, my darling Steve just has to roll his eyes and go, here we go. Because he's not like that. I know we're not not. supposed to talk about him, but he's not. He
0: is not like that at all. He's moderate. Yeah. 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 Um, You do, you are a gnarly cook um, and kind of like an off-the-cuff cook uh you can throw something together and it's just lovely when did that start when did you start cooking were you a little kid when you were feeding people oh uh, no i no i wasn't i it would have
1: been when i when i married steve i agreed to keep a vegetarian household oh right and i didn't know anything about how to be a vegetarian you're not a vegetarian so ba- and i am not currently a vegetarian um but i will say that um so i think i bought Oh, this is a terrible vegetarian book. That's everybody. It's like lonely, not Lonely Planet, but um, um, diet, some, for diet a for a small, small planet. planet, right? So every re- every recipe, you know, you're, you're, I'm nursing one kid and the other yeah. one's pulling on my knee, and the and and. and the recipe says soak beans for twelve hours. <laughs> oh man, uh, I was so grateful when Molly Katzen came along uh, and started yes. um, so many great cookbooks, uh, yeah. Enchanted Broccoli Forest and such, yeah. and taught me how to uh, how to cook for real. Oh, but I will also say marijuana and. Um, my cooking went together hand in hand. How so? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I could not possibly. I was glad. I was easy, glad to be married to a vegetarian. I could not possibly um, coordinate a chicken coming out of the oven, mm. having time to set, doing the broccoli, and having a sauce that wasn't going to break. That was not possible. But Molly Katzen had casseroles, yeah, and so I could be high and going. One cup rice, check. <laughs> Half cup cheese, check. Right. And boom. And, and it all it goes a timer. At the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. There were, yeah. There were a few disasters, like not turning the oven on, stuff like that. Sure. But it,
0: they were few. Actually, come to think of it, casseroles, I, I do. You've made some really good casseroles. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what's a good food memory that you have? I know Thanksgiving is lovely because you like people to share what oh, they bring. Oh, it's so, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, you know, I got to say, I'm really enjoying, Steve's retired now. Yeah. And so he's having a very good time uh, going through, and I, I have diabetes, that's I have right. diabetes. I wasn't even yes. It, cuz so it's a recent It is recent, It's a recent diagnosis, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, sure. It's because nobody said to me for 10 years, "Hey, you ought to lose 50 pounds." No, but well, the fact did, that it but then
0: I didn't. Now there's like a doctor's name signed at the yeah, bottom. Exactly.
1: Of it. So yeah, exactly. So it's actually that kind of works for not uh, drinking too, cuz mm-hmm. there's a
0: lot of sugar in yes. wine.
1: Yes. You... <laughs> So you will know my people, my my anonymous people, by the gallons of ice cream that we eat.
0: Yes. <laughs> Aren't there like cakes at the end of meetings a lot? Uh yeah.
1: Well, if you're somebody celebrating a yeah. birthday, yeah. Yeah. Um. Sorry, we were. What were we talking about? Great, great I, meals we yeah. had. Oh, I was saying that Steve works hard on um, serving a balanced meal mm-hmm. for a diabetic. Um, constitution and is just uh, exploring a lot of different new things he loves going to farmers market and finding you know this is a luxury for him that for years in his work life he he didn't couldn't do. Yes. So I'm enjoying what am I enjoying about cooking somebody else doing it. Well sure and yeah. he
0: is he is a, an accomplished. I yeah. mean he he also has that gift for throwing together beautiful fresh things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um I was also going to ask you about you were saying with the holidays coming up, mm. hostess gift ideas. Does that have anything to do with the whole wine? People bring wine a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That it that gets a little tiresome. Mm-hmm. I actually really appreciated when the symphony had um, the the wine that they were selling. I at least felt good that if we were going to bring a bottle, we, my husband and I, were going to bring a bottle as a hostess gift. That it was benefiting the symphony. That yeah. that felt great. Um, and which, by the way, uh, if, I suppose if you really wanted to feel great, you might buy uh, tally, tally vineyards uh, um, monotinto monotinto yeah, Mono yeah, yes that benefits a uh, farm worker education yes, um, so for
0: so long too. yeah, for years, for decades.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, it gets tiresome for me. And it, it just does. And so I think about things like bringing up going over to We Olive and getting some olive oil. Uh-huh. Or maybe stopping at my pals at apropos and getting some beautiful pe- uh, soap. Yeah. And um, you're reminding me it's that time of year where I'd like to load up.
0: Yeah. Olive. Well then you have a ton of parties that you guys go to. And we exactly. Yeah.
1: And um, <laughs> my friend Chrissa and I have Chrissa Hewitt and I have made uh nut nut not nut loaf. Fruitcake together for the past three years. Loaded with brandy, I will say. She does the brandy part.
0: Do you not eat it? Oh, hell
1: yeah. Well, because it. it's not raw. It's baked, it, right. yeah. It's baked. Yeah. And although there's other alcoholics that would not. Yes, right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's a nice... I think it's a nice thing to bring <laughs> some of you people, and I'm talking to you, Maggie Cox, <laughs> who don't appreciate my fruitcake. Oh, I love fruitcake. Uh, yeah, it's oh. delicious.
0: It's like s- bejeweled, studded bread. I know. Right, come it's on. It's so ridiculous. And it's soaked
1: in bread. <laughs> but, you know, to that point, there are... Um, there are um, alcoholic friends who would not, you know, they, I don't have any trouble cooking with wine. And, mm-hmm. and when I do, I ask Steve, will you please pour me a half a cup of wine or a quarter cup of two tablespoons of something? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have any problem cooking with it. But I have lots of friends who would not do that. And mm-hmm. I, I think people, you know, who are especially in early sobriety, they need to kind of pay attention. Ask for help. Yeah, and
0: I can even imagine like the act of opening a bottle and hearing that thunk. Like that could be really hard for somebody who used to hear that, and then Ooh, completely agree, completely
1: agree, and relief. that's why exactly, yeah, and the, exactly, and that's why uh, Steve is always the one that. Um, pours it for me and he adds it to the soup or the stock or
0: whatever it is I'm cooking.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you have to pay attention.
0: Yeah. Another, um, one of my favorite hostess gifts is so weird. Uh, I get sick of people bringing cookies. I just, and I don't, I will sometimes bring cookies because it's frankly the easiest possible thing to Mm -hmm. give. Mm -hmm. But the truth is like if somebody brought cookies to my house and I don't mean to say Anyone who's brought me cookies in the past that I don't like it. Stop listening right now. (laughs) No, I, I, when I receive them, I see the love and joy and care that goes into it. It's just problematic because it's just, they all come at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, somebody taught me once to make what's called a simmer pot. You buy a bunch of little Mason jars and you put in it, you can either put like, um, dehydrated orange slices if you can get a hold of them or even fresh ones cranberry, fresh cranberries, a cinnamon stick, star anise, cloves, um, and then there's other different concoctions. One of the best ones I've ever had was dehydrated lime slices and vanilla bean and thyme. And you give it to someone and then they can put it in water on their stove and it makes the house smell like baking and you don't have to actually eat the thing. It's a really sweet gift that kind of, I don't know, makes it smell like the holidays without... Without all, you know, all the attendance stuff. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When you think about the, well, when you think about the last meal that you would want to have, who would be there? Oh. I hope that's not a sad question.
1: No, I mean, it's kind of poignant. Um, who would be there? Well... Steve would have to be there
0: oh boy I mean my
1: gosh my family I am so lucky to have just accomplished children and um thoughtful service-minded children Mm -hmm. um and and those grandchildren yeah they're pretty cool
0: too yeah Yeah, I couldn't want anything more I truly couldn't yeah and if you were to have that if it were going to be a magical meal that would make you happy, what would that be?
1: Oh, you know, I make this um, stuff called the soup. And the mm. soup is pretty much whatever vegetables you have in the... It doesn't matter their condition. Yeah. Outright Great. rot is probably not delicious. <laughs> but but if they could be limpy, would be fine. Mm. Uh, whatever vegetables you might have, uh, sautéed up with a little olive oil and garlic and salt and pepper... Um, And toss in and then add a can of enchilada sauce, a can of stewed tomatoes, a can of corn, a can of beans Mm -hmm. and stir the heck out of that um, and serve it. And then blend in a couple of uh, corn tortillas, Mm -hmm. you know, that you've blended up. Yeah. uh, To give it a creamy or thickening. Yeah. uh, Top it with some. Maybe some cilantro or some sour cream. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been one of those go-tos that whips up in twenty minutes. You always have half-dead carrots in the fridge. Well, it's nice you know? that way. Yeah, yeah. And then serve that if I happen to have a lovely green salad and some, of course, delicious bread and bread, butter. Yes. And so, right. frankly, when you ask, <laughs> what would you? Like for your, what's your last meal? Just bread and butter. I know. I, I don't care think about that, anything else.
0: And which bread would it be?
1: Oh, geez. Um, You know, I love the bread down at Giuseppe's that you can buy. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's delicious stuff. It is delicious. Yes,
0: I love you. I'm so glad you came to talk to me. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for asking me. Of course. As I mentioned before my interview with Sandy, there's a little addendum to this episode, and I think it's important. The day after our chat, Sandy left me a voicemail about something she wished she had said on tape. So, instead of beating around the bush, I decided to share that voicemail directly with you.
2: James, good morning. Um, I, had, I was really honored that you interviewed me yesterday. It was um it was fun to sit and talk with you about important stuff. Um, I did I think it's really important to possibly correct a misconception I may have laid. Um, I talked about, um, uh, how did I, I think you asked me, how did I feel about drinking? And I said something about prettier and when I was younger and, um, you know, I drank at a young age and, and then I drank to to numb myself. It, 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 I wouldn't want people to think that I had low self-esteem or parents who weren't paying attention or, um escaping my problems I drink because I'm an alcoholic and um I don't try, I don't actually try and uh find uh reasons behind it anymore I just know that I couldn't stop by myself and I, I do think it's important to get that out there because you know people go through these check boxes if only I did this that or the other then I wouldn't drink so much and that hasn't been my experience with alcohol. <laughs> Love you and goodbye.
0: So there you have it. Actually, one last thing. Sandy says that after 20 years of sobriety, she and her husband, Steve, have discovered local wineries that are great for family gatherings and, as she calls them, quiet places. Favorites of hers include Stolo in Cambria, Tolosa in San Luis Obispo for a sophisticated meeting spot and Sausalito Canyon, also in slow, for its easy, relaxed vibe. Consumed is produced by me, Jamie Lewis, and edited by Chris Lambert. Thanks again for listening to this podcast, and be sure to support the good folks who join me each episode. To learn more about any of my guests, visit letsgetconsumed.com. Until next time, I'm Jamie Lewis.